Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Big Chief with a badge, a cattle prod and a head on a stick. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It's another day of destiny today, kicking off with the historic summit agreement between President Donald Trump and North Korea's Kim Jong-un, which leads the way to the complete denuclearisation of the Korean Peninsula. Donald Trump is still holding a press conference, still basking in the glory uh, of creating world peace. As far as he is concerned, Kim Jong-un has toddled off back to his uh, eerie in North Korea, it would seem. Uh, But I'm not going to apologise for saying I told you so, or for my continued campaign to get the Donald the Nobel Peace Prize. Surely no one can deny that he deserves it now. Can they? Surely not. Meanwhile, back in the cradle of democracy, the Ramonas are still trying to derail the Brexit process. As the House of Commons begins two days of debates and voting on the EU withdrawal bill, both Labour rebels and Tory hardliners are jockeying for position within their own parties to try and get their own version of Brexit. We've also had uh, already one resignation from the Cabinet. Uh, Dr Phil Lee, Justice Minister, who says he can't stand working for this government any longer and seeing them mess up the whole Brexit process. We'll decide for what it all means for you as the countdown gets down to just nine months until B-Day, which I've decided I'm going to now call it. I don't know if anybody else has called it that, Katie, but B-Day, it seems to me, is a great <laughs> no, nom de plume uh, for Brexit, isn't it? March well, 29. all up against the wall. B-Day, exactly right. Uh, 0344 499 But it's not all politics here at the Independent Republic. We're also talking childhood homes, breastfeeding, and why you can't look at anyone for more than five seconds in case they feel sexually harassed. So I don't want you looking at me this morning. I want you looking completely in the opposite direction. 0344 499 You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Katie Perrier on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So, uncharacteristically, Donald Trump spent a very long time at the microphone answering questions from uh, the world's press. He was actually much less combative than he normally is. As you said, Katie, he was very much uh, sort of basking in the limelight and he was very, very happy uh, to take questions on what he saw as his own personal triumph. And I guess that's the way he's going to play it. That's the way uh, um, the American public will hear it. And I, 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 I'm, just, I'm struggling to find anything negative about what's happened, really. I think today is a success story. There he is in his big red tie. He even made a few jokes about the fact that if the photographers are going to take pictures, can they take the slim side of both yeah. of the characters? I don't think many people get the opportunity 
do uh, have a pop at Kim Jong Young's kind of waist size. No, I don't think they do. But if his you're trousers big, if you're, are quite magnificent. If though. you are a big man like Trump, I guess you can get away with it. I think you can. But uh, you know, I think this is a good day, and uh, the the summit has ended quite well. Highly choreographed, but that doesn't matter. Well, they all are though. As they you all told are. Us yesterday they all are. The absolutely. And uh, Trump has now invited him to the White House. Yeah. So could you imagine them standing on the steps of the White House in the future? Don't forget there's going to be all kinds of protests yeah. that Trump doesn't realise because this is a man who represents, as you said before, a regime where he kills people, kills Look, members of his own family. Will there be mo- loads of protests in America? I don't think there will because look at what happened when uh, the Chinese president came to the UK. There was some protests, but not that many. Uh, when the Saudi Arabian people came, there was hardly any protests. I mean, we've got Owen Jones and his little crowd of maniacs saying they're going to demonstrate when Trump comes here. Well, I'm sorry, I don't see anyone demonstrating anything about the North Koreans. I don't see anybody standing outside the North Korean embassy in London demonstrating about Kim Jong-un and his nastiness. No, no, and I think, I think there will be some because I think it's any opportunity to have a go at Trump, as you said earlier. You know, we should we should say that think this is a success. But any opportunity people have to have a go, they will do. OK, well, let's talk to Jim Hall, who's an expert, former British representative, of course, in North Korea. Uh, he's at Chatham House now. We'll find out what he made of it all. Jim, a very good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Now, there are some who say, uh, despite my sort of uh, lavishing praise on uh, on the president of the United States of America, he didn't actually get many concessions out of the North Korean leader um, in return for giving him this kind of world platform. How do you see that? I would agree with that estimate, that uh, Mr. Kim has hardly signed up to anything very fresh or very new. Mm. Uh, Mr. Trump has made a lot of it. Well, Mr. Trump would, but anybody would, I suppose. Yeah, well, I mean, it's quite a good achievement to have done it, isn't it? Choreographed. Sorry. I say, as to being superbly choreographed, I've never known um, a high level meeting that was quite so badly prepared, really. Mm. Announced that it was going to take place before any arrangements had been made. And, uh, you know, Mr. Trump has gone, he's talked, he says he didn't have notes taken, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't sure whether it was being recorded, I suspect it was, mm. because he has a perfect memory, he remember, he's got a superb memory. Well, his um, doctors have told a us that, glorious they? presentation by <laughs> Mr. Trump. Now, if it worked, and we got peace in the world, fine. But there is going to be an awful lot of problems, and as soon as they start those nitty-gritty dis- nitty discussions that have been mentioned, then they're going to come out, and people like Mr. Bolton and Mr. Pence are going to start cutting away at this. Uh, there's going to be concern, I think, in East Asia that Mr. Trump has said, oh, we're going to end the war games, which up until now, since the 1970s, the United States has been absolutely insistent it must do these things. Mr. Trump was absolutely insistent earlier this year that these exercises, they're not called, they're not war games, they're, they're proper military exercises, should go ahead. And now suddenly, boom, he's thrown it all away. Isn't that more to do with Taiwan and the protection of that region than it is to do with the Korean Peninsula, though? Well, no, I mean, these exercises take place on the Korean Peninsula. They are vast. I saw the predecessor of the current big one back in 1983 on the ground in, in the southern part of Korea. And huge numbers of troops and planes and ships come in, um, and they're also defensive. Well, there's no exercise that couldn't be offensive, and the North Koreans always treat them as offensive. Yeah. Well, then but it's that actually... has to do with Korea and uh, deterrence, or has been up till now. Right. But surely, Jim, it's a good thing if they can be stopped, and it's a good thing if uh, Kim Jong-un can end what he calls the nuclearization of the, of the Korean Peninsula. Um, and I think, you know, maybe we should wait and see, rather than being... 
um, quite so sceptical. Uh, I, I would love skeptical. to think it was going to work. And... But start unpacking. What does it mean, denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula? That's not a unilateral agreement to North Korea getting rid of its nuclear weapons. It's actually removing the American military, uh, sorry, nuclear umbrella over Japan and South Korea. Yeah. And that's not going to go down well. It might go down well in some parts of South Korea, but not many. It's not going to go down well in Japan, which uh, fears the, the North Korea, it's much closer to North Korea than the United States, so they don't need long-range rockets to attack Japan. So, you know, it's, uh, the devil, as always in these things, is going to be in the detail, and by God, the detail is going to be very difficult indeed. Well, it may well be, but surely it's a step in the right direction, isn't it? I mean, otherwise you might as well not bother. If you think that, you know, Japan is never going to want uh, the USA to stop protecting them with nuclear weapons, then we will have nuclear weapons for the rest of time. And even Barack Obama made a great speech and was given the Nobel Peace Prize for saying that we should remove all nuclear weapons without actually doing anything. Yeah, well, of course, all the five uh, recognised nuclear powers are, in in terms of the Non-Proliferation Treaty, committed to the ending of nuclear weapons worldwide, like we've done, and like the French have done, and like the Chinese have done, and like the Americans and the Russians have done. Nobody who has had got these and has been accepted as a nuclear power wants to give them up um it's not i mean i'm not saying it shouldn't or shouldn't try but it is going to be very difficult right. but well, this again i, I, I mean I, this again is donald trump doing something which nobody else has done surely well, which yeah. is which is to move towards doing it you've said yourself none of the big five have ever wanted to do it despite saying they want to do it if he now starts to say that he wants to do it he then gets criticized for wanting to do it and it's going to be very hard well, last year he was saying we must increase our nuclear arsenal. And well, maybe he wants to increase it somewhere else. The point is, I think he, he, he can't <laughs> win for losing, I think is the problem. And I think it's time some people, and you may be one of them, should give him credit. Uh, well, OK, uh, you, you're entitled to your opinion. Thank you very much indeed. Why, why do you think that's wrong, though? Why do, you think, do you think it's all a bit of a PR puff and nothing will come of it? I think it's a PR game. I think something to come of it would, is going to require long and hard, detailed negotiations. And, and that is when things are going to be very difficult indeed. The North Koreans are just as good as Mr. Trump at theatre, blowing up the entrance to this testing site in uh, the north of the country. That hasn't, that hasn't put the whole thing out of action. Blowing up the cooling tower at Yonbyon back in the, the 2008 or whatever it was, <laughs> When they restarted it, it didn't take them very long to get it all going again. So, you know, I, I think there is theatre on both sides, and I think the, the difficulties are going to come once they start talking about these things. But and let's not forget, though, Jim, and I mean, you know a hell of a lot more about North Korea than I do, that until March of this year, nobody had really seen Kim Jong-un out of his own comfort zone, right? We've now seen him visiting the, uh, the government in South Korea. We've now seen him moving, coming to Singapore and having a, a summit meeting in, in front of the world. You may think it's a PR exercise, but surely it's better to have North Korea having a light shone on it than it is existing in the dark and everybody throwing rocks at it. I think the rocks will continue to be thrown. I think you were saying you didn't think there'd be demonstrations. I think if Mr Kim goes to Washington... There will be demonstrations. By whom? There are currently demonstrations outside the North Korean embassy in London, by the way. What, by about three people from the Stop the War Coalition or something? Well, usually, no. It's Christian Solidarity Worldwide. Oh, really? How many of them are there? 
I wouldn't know. You'd have to ask them. Yeah. Well, I'll, well maybe I'll have a run by the, the embassy. But, I mean, it's not... I mean, it certainly won't be the numbers of people that will turn out to demonstrate against Donald Trump. Well, I don't... But not here. But, I mean, if Mr Kim goes to Washington, there are large groups in the United States who are very, very anti-North Korean, uh, North Korea, from the veterans through to uh, um, Korean, uh, Koreans in exile... Um, a lot of people have very strong views about North Korea. Well, this is one reason why no American president so far has been able to get through Congress any, any pledge that he makes to the North Koreans. And Mr. Trump is not the first to make pledges to North Koreans. Mr. Clinton, Mr. Clinton did it. Mr. Bush did it in the end. Um, but never would Congress endorse that. There's a huge hostility within the United States towards North Korea, going back to the Korean War. So are you saying that the Congress will not uh, endorse this either? I doubt it. So what was the point then? The point? Well, the point was Mr Trump likes doing the grand gesture. The point was that I think all sides got a bit nervous towards the end of last year, not because they were actually moving to a war footing. It never really got to that stage. But because the rhetoric was getting high, the dangers of an escalation of a clash by mistake was, was growing, and they all decided to move back from that. And that was a good thing. And I think that I, I'm not saying that the developments this year are bad. I just think that they're, they're not going to be as easy to get to the stage they want, as people seem, as some people seem to think. Is it not possible, though, that after all of the presidential bids and after all of the prime ministerial summits and after all of the G8s and G7s achieving the square root of absolutely nothing, that finally there's a guy who is making something happen and is bringing to the attention of the world, and don't forget, not everybody's an academic and not everybody knows an awful lot uh, about what they see other than what they see on television, that he's bringing to the world's population some kind of a problem that needs to be fixed. And for all of that, then it's worth doing. And if you he achieves, like, and if like he achieves he... nothing, hang on a second, if he achieves nothing, Jim, then he'll have achieved exactly the same as Barack Obama, as Bill Clinton, as Presidents Bush and Bush. And so what's to lose? I'm sorry, Mr Clinton actually authorised an agreement that held for eight years that capped the most dangerous North Korean nuclear programme at the time. Really? Well, yes. what happened after Mr. that? Mr Bolton and his colleagues... And what happened after that? Mr Bolton what and happened his after that? It's a question. the agreement and the North Koreans went back to developing their nuclear programme. I see. So you're saying that Trump is actually encouraging them to bring nuclear weapons to the front of the table? I, I think Mr Trump is playing his usual role. He, he likes attention. He's had a series of rather um, unfortunate developments in the last few weeks. There's been, he tore up the Iran deal. Yeah, which everyone like you said was going to create World War Three, and it hasn't. No, but it's, it's <laughs> why is the Israeli Prime Minister going around the world trying to drum up support against Iran? Because he does that from time to time about once every year, doesn't he? Uh, this is this is more this is much more dangerous at the moment. I tell you. I well, you keep warning. I mean, we keep getting warned that everything that Donald Trump does is going to create World War Three. So far, it hasn't happened. He's been in power now for quite some time. He's been in for a year, just over a year. Year and a half. Yeah. Well, not a year and a half. He took power in January. He became. Yeah, president it's now June. That's half a year. Sorry? It's now June, that's half a year, but let's right. not get bogged down by semantics. We're, we're going to start arguing yeah. about it. Well, a year and a half is, is 50% longer than a year, so I just thought I'd be accurate.
Sorry to, you know, be as precise on these things. I just think, I just get the sense, Jim, that you're very anti-Trump and you won't give him credit for anything. And, you know, many of your academics are anti-Trump because he doesn't think like an academic. He thinks like an ordinary person and you detest that because you can't have people in power who don't think like academics. Well, thanks. Well, that's my view. I'm not an academic. Aren't you? No, What are you? And I'm not used to being talked to as I was a three-year-old. Well, then don't speak like one. Okay, thank you. End of interview. Goodbye. Poor old Jim. He can't take a, can't take a joke, can he? I mean, I really get sick to death of all these people who are so anti-Trump that they will not, in any way, welcome something that he's done, which is by all means a very good thing for the rest of the world. Why are people like that so negative? No, I think we should welcome um, what's happened today. I mean, even you're proof, willing to yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, I am. But you know, I know the Trump. What kind of person Trump is, and he's not a very clever character. He's not a very sensible well, character, yeah, and he's, he's not... this will go wrong at some point. But I park that because I think well, well, today well, so is the day people, that we so should congratulate So who congratulate are all the clever them. people? Like, Theresa May, is she clever? You know, was Barack Obama clever? I mean, people like Jim think that if you're some kind of, you know, member of the political elite, then you're the right person to be in charge. Well, I'm sorry. Those are the people that have screwed everything up in the world. Listen, I represent the office. Uh, I represent, I'd love to. I, I, um, I respect the office of the you know, American president. I respect the job that he has. He was he voted in. He was elected by millions of people in America, and we should respect that. Yeah. Doesn't mean to say I like the man. Doesn't mean to say I think the man is competent. Doesn't mean to say I think that history will look back on him as an amazing president. But there are some things you cannot deny it. He says what he's going to do, and he goes and delivers it. Now, whether or not I think that's a good idea in some of the things he wants to do, he stood on an election manifesto and he, he won. Yeah. So it's not for me to tell the American people who to elect. No, exactly. And also, he's going around the world doing all the things he said he would do, and he's actually doing some things which are making change yeah, in the world. Now, whether you like that or not is another matter, but the bottom line is surely you shouldn't be such a snob and an intellectual kind of, you know, pygmy by saying, oh, well, you know, of course it's all going to go horribly wrong. I mean, this guy's praising Bill Clinton for his foreign policy. Are you having a laugh? Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Well, let's go to the phones. Gary uh, is on and so is Andy. Let's start with Gary. Gary, very good uh, morning to you. Welcome. Hi, Gary. Hi, hi. I'm first-time caller. Um, oh, welcome. I've just, just switched over. And it, I just say, I mean, how, the reason I've called in, how refreshing it is to hear a presenter on uh, a radio station actually big up Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's becoming a little bit of a farce. Um, you know, it, you know, he's making these major deals. Um, and, you know, you get sort of inane comments um, on the BBC and LBC and all across different stations to undo him every yeah. single time. Yeah, I mean, it's what's wrong with these game. people? I mean, it's all very well to criticise somebody for something that they have done wrong. Yeah. But this is not yeah. something to be criticised. You know, this is something to well, be praised. Is, exactly, exactly. This guy is a game changer. Uh, you have people like Obama and Clinton who sat on their hands year after year with the same old issues. This guy will change things. Um, and change really scares the liberal elite and the intelligentsia. That's why you have people sort of running around uh, like headless chickens at the moment wondering what to do because you've got someone who's a very plain speaker who knows how to make a deal. Now, let's not forget who's really behind a lot of this. Um, and the guy who lost a lot of money when uh, Trump got into power was George Soros. The guy who's trying to undo Brexit is George Soros. The guy who doesn't want the UK to have a good partnership with Donald Trump is George Soros. You, you strike um, me, Gary, as a big Trump lover. You know, as a well, woman, I sit here I, and I, I do I, not like some of the things that he may have said about women yeah. in the past. I don't think he, he you know, he, some of his language he yeah, used is terrible. suitable for the office of the United States of America. So he sits, it sits yeah. very difficult for me, for me to sit here and go, I think Trump is wonderful because I know the kind of man he is. I know, you know, look at his background. Well, what about Bill Clinton? And why do you not criticise him for the same things, exactly. if not worse things exactly. than he did? I'm not, I, I, I've never, never... But praised, you never hear women going, oh, I really praised, hate Bill Clinton because he's Bill Clinton, such a no, misogynist. I've never him. Yeah, that's what I mean. But nobody criticises Bill Clinton for being a horrible misogynist, for assaulting women, uh, for having all sorts of did lawsuits he? against loads him. And loads he was of accused of that. He was accused of a lot of that. Is that proof? Well, is Is anything else proven? No, oh, no, has Donald Trump been in the court of law having it proven against him? No. Hold on a minute. His lawyers paid loads and loads of money out, which is probably They much say that was for different reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You but what I'm that, saying is you've got a double standard. Let, I don't have double let, standards. Let Gary speak. Go on, Gary. Yeah, so just, just to say, you know, Bill Clinton's got um, a little bit of uh, mud on his hands, let's just say, and um, it was dressed over because he's, you know, he's got a soft approach. He's got a bit of mud on the knees of his trousers. I think, yeah, listen, really listen, just because one person does something bad and does something wrong, Gary, doesn't mean to say the other. it's OK for the other one. You know, I, don't, I haven't got much time for either of them. Doesn't mean to say it's right. The reason Trump is a bit, you know, has a problem is because he's abrasive. And, uh, you know, there's a, you know, a section of society that don't like abrasive individuals. Unfortunately, we have to realise that to get the deal done, to get things over the line, sometimes you need people like that, especially in positions of power. Now, we've got to really cosy up with the states because if we do honour the vote... I didn't vote this way. I didn't vote anyway for Brexit. But if we are to honour the vote of the people, and that's the other thing that the media are undoing, which is terrible in my eyes because you've got to follow through on what people have voted for. If we are going to honour that, we need to be very close with whoever yeah. is leading the United States. And do you know what, uh, Gary? I don't care. I don't care what sort of person Donald Trump is, really. Yeah. You know, I'm interested in what he does as a job, and I'm interested in how well he does it. I don't really care whether he's a nice bloke or not. Exactly. 
I can't exactly. wait to see the amazing exactly. trade deal, though, Gary. That I mean, I hope it pulls off. But this is a man that's only interested in, in himself and the US. He's not interested in anybody else. And so if we think we're going to have a wonderful, lovely trade deal that's in our favour, you can think again. Well, we shall see. This is the Independent Republic of Igram. That's your mate, Gary Barlow. Love him. Uh, who's trying to kill the planet by firing out confetti made of plastic. Shocking man, you and of course, man uh, can't do anything wrong he does, in my it in eyes. The, he does it in the Eden Project, right? It's one of the smartest thing in the world to do. Do you think they might have said Listen, in no, the no, rider? Do you think they would have said in the rider? You know, please don't uh, do anything which might damage the planet. He says he'll never do it again. I don't know why he's apologised. To be honest, I mean it's ridiculous. I know. Long gone in the times where you could smash up a hotel room or two, I throw know. a TV through the it's window, ridiculous. followed by a few groupies. Unbelievable! Absolutely know. unbelievable. Poor man. Yeah, I know. Anyway, listen. We're now going to talk about something which uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier. Dr. Ed Morrison uh, is from the University of Portsmouth, who unbelievably right have done a study in which they have said, uh, as a result, I mean, it's evolutionary psychology, I think it's uh, Dr. Red's speciality, where they basically said that, you know, traditional ways of measuring women's attractiveness have actually got it wrong because they've looked at the size of their bottom, the size of their breasts, the size of their waist, the way that they look in a picture. And in fact, what they should have been doing is looking at the way they walk. Right? right, because apparently when you see people moving, that's when you really decide whether or not you find them attractive. Let's find out if Dr. Red has had any hate mail from the Me Too Brigade. <laughs> Dr. Red, a very good uh, afternoon to you. Hi there. Good afternoon, hello. Hello. I mean, it's quite a bold thing to do in this day and age, isn't it? Actually talk about women's sexuality and women's attractiveness to uh, the other opposite sex. Um, well, <laughs> maybe, yeah, but uh, it's, a, it's a topic of perennial interest, all of us. Um, are interested in what makes us and other people attractive. So I think it's worth worth looking at. Yes, I know, I agree. Um, however, uh, interesting as well that you've decided to take the sort of the movement aspect of it about uh, uh, over and above just the, the just sort of the two dimensional image, if you like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's not that other research is wrong in looking at the body shape, because that is definitely very important, but movement's generally been ignored. So the idea with this study was to add movement in and then try and estimate, okay, which of these things is more important, the way you move, or the way you look. And I was very surprised to find out that the way you look, the way you move is actually as important as the way you look. I'm laughing because I can barely move most days. You know, it's either, it's either running around like a nutter or the fact that, you know... You've got you the, don't your, know that, though. People got might look at you and, and go... You're hobbling around. They might look, it's not a yeah, classy yeah. look, is it? And, you know, I need to up my game in, in a kind of swagger. Um, you probably don't want to swagger. <laughs> what do I need to do then? Come on, talk me through with, it. What's wrong with having a swagger? Uh, well, if you're a man, a swagger is not too bad, actually. Right. But for women, um, attractive walks are essentially ones that look female. So there are differences between the way men and women walk and those people who walk in, in a sex-typical way. So a man walking like a man, woman like a woman are, are oh, the most game attractive. Over this, is for me. this is dangerous it territory, man. It is game man. over for me. You, this I know is what very you're saying. dangerous you're, territory. You're saying the little petite ones that look just all lovely and they kind of glide through the office and they glide through, you know, when in, in a bar. And me, I trip over the chair... I kind of grab someone, go, right, mate, and, you know, have a chinwag. You've and done then, all right, though. You know, you're on the way to the toilet, and then you come back, and then you make a mistake again. You know, I can't glide anywhere. It's game over for me. <laughs> well, in that case, you should just rely on your, your natural good looks. And yeah, charm. and charm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. you won yourself back round again there. there. Also, also once again, as we pointed out, you're luckily enough, you're not in the market, are you, anymore? Thank God for that. You know, you're, you're off, officially off the market, so you don't have to worry about it, really. And in fact... It might be a good thing that you don't attract, you know, loads and loads of blokes because um, you don't want them Careful all kind here. of. Uh, you don't. Well, I'm just saying... because I said I couldn't glide, <laughs> doesn't mean to say I can't but, attract the fellas. Well, I'm not saying you can't attract them. I'm saying that you don't want them all turning up at your door, do you? 
Uh, Tempting okay. you All right. away from your current situation. Well, you can look, but don't touch. Okay. okay. All right. But, I mean, I'll tell you what. This is very interesting, Dr. Ed, because I'm reading today a story in um, uh, one of the papers about Netflix, right? Because apparently life has become so ridiculous now on the film set situation. And this is where they're filming a, a show called Black Mirror, which you may or may not know. Oh, yeah. They've actually yeah. come out with a load of new rules about what you should do to avoid sexually harassing any of your colleagues at work, right? And it goes okay. like this. Don't look at anyone for longer than five seconds, Okay. don't flirt, don't ask out a colleague more than once if they have said no, don't ask for a colleague's phone number, Uh, do report a colleague who has given unwanted attention. I mean, this is the world we're living in now. I can't believe that you're getting away with this kind of study which says that basically men are men, women are women, uh, and women, if they've got a nice wiggle to the way they walk because they're wearing high heels, are likely to be more attractive to the opposite sex. I'm staggered. Well, uh, the one thing I would say is I'm not saying anyone should behave in a certain way. I'm interested in finding out the way the world is not the way it ought to be, and we can decide that for ourselves. But aren't you worried, though, as a sensible person, which you obviously are, that, in fact, these kinds of ridiculous restrictions... I mean, after all, most people find the love of their life at work, I think, statistically speaking. But if we start imposing all of these crazy rules that you can't look at anybody for more than five seconds, you can't talk to anyone, you can't ask anybody out... Well, lovebirds will break the rules, won't they? Don't worry about it. Yeah, well, I do worry about it because, you know, I mean, again, I'm not necessarily in the market either, but the point is that, um, you know, it's going to be counterintuitive to the evolution of society and people, isn't it? Yeah, I I think you're right that there's a danger of an overcorrection. And the thing is, you can't sort of legislate out bad behaviour. If people are going to sexually harass people, um, rules can't stop that. And of course, like you say, many people meet um, their partners at work. Romance will happen with people you work with. So you you can't use rules to eliminate all that behaviour. There has to be some kind of social, like more subtle um, ways of, of punishing and encouraging people and that kind of thing. So yeah. there is a danger of overcorrection. No, absolutely right. And I mean, how do you define, by the way, a sort of a, you know a sexy walk? Are you a, can you do that? Can I do one myself? <laughs> well, no, no, I'm not flirting with you. No, no, Jamie East has now oh entered the God, room and he is doing. Thank God, the what cameras. Is, in fact, the exact opposite. He looks hey! like. Um, <laughs> You know, he looks like one oh, of those, one of those robots. Scene. One of those robots. So I know, but I mean, have you have you got a sort of definitive, sexy walk example that we could look at? Well, so by somebody women, else, not for by example, you. It's um, the, the sexy walk is about actually what the catwalk models are doing naturally. Really? So it, it's actually a slight exaggeration of a natural female walk. Okay. So they walk kind of as if going down like like a straight line on the floor. Right. So your 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 feet almost overlap. And that creates a wiggle in the hip. Right, okay. So that makes women look attractive. Really? And men, it's basically trying to avoid doing that. Imagine if I were walking around Covent Garden with a woman walking like that. I topple, I, I topple over. People would be like, what the hell is wrong with those two? <laughs> they're drunk. <laughs> yeah, they're drunk. That's usually how I'm walking around Covent Garden, but that's another story. Uh, anyway, Dr. Ed, thank you very much, Dr. Ed Morrison. Very brave man down in uh, University of Portsmouth. Good for him. Who's actually talking about the difference in the sexes, which nobody does anymore. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode. 
and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.